With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh yeah, UFC 276 preview show, baby! Let's get it going! Oh yes, let's do it. What is up, my friends? What a week. What a week it has been and what a night we have ahead of us here on Saturday. Welcome to the UFC 276 preview show here on MMA Fighting. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Sean O'Shotty. We've got my man Jose Youngs out there in Las Vegas. The Prince of Positivity, Alexander K. Lee. Also here as well, producer extraordinaire E. Casey Landon, man in the boards. And fellas, man, I am excited for this one. There has been a lot of memorable international fight weeks over the years. I mean, you go down the list. You have C-189, you have C-200, 226. But this one feels like it has a chance to stand among the rest, this one feels like a chance to, to be a night we'll be talking about for a long time to come. Just an absurdly stacked card. Uh, pretty much every fight on this card has something to nibble on from the prelims all the way up to the pay-per-view. You want to talk about how good this card is. You got eight ranked fighters. Oop, losing my mic. You got eight ranked fighters, four fighters who have held UFC titles, at least six UFC Hall of Famers, at least six A-plus level prospects. Gentlemen, these are the type of weeks you do this for. How can you not love it? Uh, so let's dive in. Jose, you've been there all week with our guy, Mike Heck. It's been a busy week, uh, taking in the sights, the sounds. What's your read on UFC 276 as we approach it? Like, what's the hype level? What's the vibe out there on the ground in Las Vegas? Mm, it's definitely, since the Connor fight, the bigger, there's more hype around this this fight week than any other Las Vegas card since the Connor Poirier card, mostly because like now people can travel. There's a lot of international uh, fans here. That wasn't really the case for a long time because people can get into the country and so on and so forth. There's about 80 to 90 media members here for media day. It was the busiest media day I've seen since before the pandemic. So things feel like they're quote unquote getting back to normal. 
if that's how you want to phrase it. There's a ton of Hawaiians. There's a ton of Australians. Uh, it also helps that WWE is in town too, so you kind of get that crowd mingling with all the fight fans. So uh, there's billboards everywhere. Israel Asanya and Canada's face are on the taxis too. So it's starting to feel like a pre-pandemic pay-per-view fight week. And the amount of stuff happening for fight fans this week uh, is second to none with the fan expo and the meet and greets. And now we get another press conference. We had the Hall of Fame and the red carpet yesterday. So if you're a fight fan in Las Vegas, it's been a fun week. Oh, Mr. Shaheen. Mike, Mr. Shaheen is muted. Oh, you got me? There you go. Yep. All right. Uh, I said, yeah, we, we have been running you ragged out there in Las Vegas, so appreciate the good work as always, guys. Uh, AK, man, we have done a lot of preview shows this year. You've been asked to rate a lot of cards, some of them good, quite a few, maybe not so much. Uh, but, man, when you look at this one, everything we have here, what do you see? Where do you, where do you put it on the AK scale? Is this the best card of the year? This could be... If everything plays out well, a 10 out of 10. We're going Nadia Comaneci oh, here. Oh, I like this it. Gonna be a this could be a 10 out of 10 if everything hits. Do I think it's going to hit 10 out of 10? I'm skeptical. I, I was just saying on the way in show earlier today that uh, I'm a little bit skeptical of, of the entertainment value of the main event, but we can get into sort of how the breakdown of that later. But there's also the possibility that we get like a really great highlight reel finish either way. Uh, if there's an upset, of course, that always ups the drama of any card. So, yeah, I, I, let's not overthink it. If everything hits, if all these fights give a, get deliver uh, from top to bottom, not just the main card, but I mean a very stacked preliminary card. It could be a 10 out of 10. Could be the best event of the year. It really does feel like it has that potential, right? Like this is one of the best events I've seen in a long time. I mean, just stacked top to bottom. So let's start with the main event. UFC middleweight champion Israel Adesanya. MMA fighting's number two pound for pound fighter in the world. He is looking to stay undefeated at 185, going for that fifth defense of the UFC title. The man across from him is as no nonsense as he comes. I mean, Jared Cannonier, the killer gorilla. Winner of five of the last six. He's a dangerous, dangerous challenger, and he is not here for any of the BS this week. He is no-selling everything. Jose, when you when you look at Izzy's road so far, who he's faced, who he's beaten, I mean, you have been there for a lot of these fights. Mm -hmm. Where does Jared Cannonier stack for you in terms of the danger level and just where he ranks among Izzy's past challenges? His danger level is... I don't want to say he's more dangerous than like a Robert Whitaker or Kelvin Gaslam or something like that, but his path to victory is unlike anyone else and the skills he brings in because he's one of these guys that he could be losing a whole fight and then he hurts you and then he capitalizes on it. I think who was it Derek Brunson or Blonde Brunson when they fought in Houston he kind of put it perfectly like Jared Kanner's opponents might be more skilled more technical more everything better across the board but what Jared Kanner excels at is being opportunistic where he like I said he could be losing and if he finds one window to hurt you then he goes in for the kill. He didn't get that against Robert Whitaker because he sh like shattered his own bone in like the first exchange, and he fought Robert Whitaker with one hand for 15 minutes. So, uh, if he can hurt Izzy, that's a big task to do. Uh, I think he's him and Israel. Like it's it's a it's an interesting chess match because Israel Asanya has pretty much shown he has no holes in his game outside of like remember when he got kind of impatient against Yoel Romero and then when he tried to push the pace, Yoel hit him with that overhand and stunned him for a second. So if Izzy doesn't fall into that trap, 
I think he can pull out a 50-45. But if he gets in there and tries to do any sort of stylistic sh- showing or it's impatient or he just, you know, like he says himself, he gets bored in there sometimes. If that happens against Jared Cannonier, it's going to be a bad night. Because like I said, Jared Cannonier could be down 3-0. If he hurts Izzy once, he's going to tackle him. And he's probably going to use those vicious <laughs> elbows that he finished. Uh, who did you – I don't like a bunch of heavyweights. Uh, he did that against Derek Bronson. He's done it against everyone. You know, those, you've seen him, like when he's on top of his opponent and just elbowing them until they're unconscious. So if Izzy can manage to not make one single mistake against Jared Cannonier, which is not out of the question – It'll be a good night for Izzy, but one mistake against Cannonier, bad time. It's interesting the way you lay that out because I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but the the, the narrative or maybe the, the talk we're getting from Izzy this week. I mean, at this point, we know what we're getting from him, right? This guy's box office. He's not he he he's not messing around. He 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 makes big promises, and oftentimes he delivers on those promises. But even more so when he feels slighted, and we saw it in the first Whitaker fight. He came out there with the purpose after that Gastelum war and then put on just a masterpiece. Same with the Costa fight. He heard all those whispers after the Romero fight, went out there and just straight embarrassed one of the scariest dudes at 185. This week feels a lot like the same. Like he's hearing a bit of those whispers again after the Whitaker rematch, and he is out here confident, promising this isn't going to be close. He's talking about going out there and putting on an Anderson Silva versus Forrest Griffin type of performance. I mean, AK, when you – What's your read on Izzy this week, I guess? When you hear that type of thing, Silva Griffin, like those are legendary performances. Do you think he could actually do that? He could, but I don't know if you can plan for something like that. Like I I don't, I don't know. I don't recall. My memory's terrible with these things, but Anderson Silva wasn't normally the type to kind of call his shot like that. Then again, Anderson Silva wouldn't say I'm going to put on an Anderson Silva type performance because he is Anderson Silva. So um, I don't know. I'm nervous. Shaheen, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about this main event. I think I'm with a lot of the people who um, we ran a poll earlier today, you know, who, uh, what fight are you most looking forward to? And the main event came in a distant third behind the Colmain and um, Pereira and Strickland. You know, there's other reasons for that, you know, the drama surrounding the fights, but also I think matchup wise, and, and, and I agree with everything Jose said, I think, I think like there is some legitimate upset potential there for Cannoneer. He has the tools to do it. It's not just like a puncher's chance thing. It's like he has the skills to set up that punch that he needs to land to really, you know, to really do that damage to um to Israel Adesanya. So uh but I just feel like I'm I'm really worried Cannoneer is going to be too respectful that he's not going to be able to, to muck the fight up. Uh, that uh, Adesanya is not going to feel any urgency to press the action, and why should he? You know, let's say if he's leading the dance and he's, you know, he's scoring from uh, from the range that he's comfortable with, you know, why why would he push it? So, as far as manufa- like manufacturing, and that is definitely the word I mean to use, manufacturing like this magical MMA moment or a highlight in any Izzy fight, it's possible, but it doesn't make me feel any more confident when a fighter uh, with his skills goes out and and just says it. So. I can't. I know I'm supposed to be the prince of positivity here, but my gosh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I am putting up this. Uh, I am a little skeptical. I'm a little skeptical that Izzy can sort of live up to uh, what he's potentially putting out there. I mean, what do you what do you think, Jose? Because we've seen this sort of thing from Izzy before, and he's delivered. Like again, some of the the most incredible performances we've seen over the last couple of years have come from this guy just going out there when the lights are the brightest and really shining. Does it feel like he's on the precipice of something? Like if he's able to be really special on Saturday night in the way that he wants to, does it feel like he's sort of that guy who's ready to take the next leap and start him? 
Maybe. It, I think he's going to have to do it again because, like, he did it – like, the Robert Whitaker fight is one of the most spectacular finishes we've ever seen ever. And it was on enemy territory. It was, like, two belts on the line, sold out Marvel Stadium. One of the – like, I think it's at this point, like, it's sold the most – it's, like, the most attended event, like, highest ticket sales in the history of the UFC. Everyone's talking about Israel Asanya. Oh, he's going to fight John Jones. Is that fights Joel Romero? One of the worst title fights in the history of the UFC. And then everyone's cool on him. What does he do after that? He pulls off the Paulo Costa fight. All of a sudden, everyone's talking about him again. And then he has back-to-back fights against Whitaker and Marmitor. Yes, those rematches. He said he got bored. So, can he take this leap to superstardom? Yes. But if he styles on Jared Cannonier and then he goes out there and styles on Pajeda or Strickland and then styles again then he can be a superstar. I don't want this hot and cold up and down. Izzy's the best fighter in the world, and then he wins a 50-45 but doesn't knock his opponent out. And all of a sudden, he's like, well, is he that good? Is is he really top five pound for pound? Like, obviously, he is. But I want to see this level of style bender, styling on people routinely because, like, the Anderson Silva fight, he did that against Forrest Griffin. He went up in weight. So he was already getting a new – he was the middleweight champion going up to fight the durable Forrest Griffin, and he styled on him in, like, the single greatest performance I've ever seen. And then he kept doing all these spectacular things, and it became a big deal. Izzy needs to do that. needs to be – he needs to get more and more and more and more moments rather than these singular ones a year and then lay two duds. Not saying they're duds. When the eyes of fans, if Israel Asanya is not knocking you out, it's not a good fight, which is very silly. So uh, keep it up, Izzy. And you'll be the one of the bigger stars in the UFC. Well, he he certainly is lucky because with how this week has played out. Because we'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah. But no matter who, if he if he wins, no matter how another fight on this card goes, he is set up for a very very big fight after this. It feels like, and in one of those type of fights, that could launch him into that space. Yeah. Last thing on this, and then we'll make some picks. I mean, uh, AK Cannoneer is getting slept on quite a bit here. I mean, he's the biggest underdog on the card by far. He's not much of a wrestler. Like he only has two takedowns his entire UFC career, but he does have plenty of weapons that Jose mentioned that could make this seemingly pretty interesting, right? Like power, physicality. He has a really mean kicking game, and he's willing to commit to that, to chop that tree down, to go to the body work and all that. Interest in this fight seems to be dragging behind the other two big ones simply because it feels like a lot of people are assuming this is as he's to lose. But what's the path here for Jared in your mind? Like does he have the tools to shock the world on Saturday? Yeah, he definitely does. Like I said, it's it's you know a lot of people will look at you know he's he's a finisher uh, and think like oh that you know if, if you haven't looked at his stuff closely he's a guy who's just you know looking for that big shot and he certainly can land that big shot. Um, but like I said, he has ways of setting it up. He has great leg kicks. Uh, he's got he's got good stamina. I think he can t- he could take some hits to uh, to get some. You probably don't want to take too many accurate shots from uh, Israel Adesanya, uh, but I think Kennedy can survive a bit of a firefight. I don't know if he can go full ugly. Like Calvin Gaslam, uh, I think very few people can. I don't know if Calvin Gaslam could do that again. That might have been a once in a lifetime performance, though. I mean, Gaslam is known for his gas tank and his, you know, just his overall um, his overall uh, durability. So, uh, can Canadier do that? I don't think so. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. That might be the blueprint that his team is planning. You know, is to, is to just say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get cracked. I know I'm gonna get cracked. I'm facing one of the best strikers in the UFC in any weight class. Um, so there's no option for me to uh, to try and out tech this. You know, I've got to go in there and I've got to muck it up. Um, like I said, he's a different fighter than Gaslam. I think his striking is a bit sharper, uh, so I don't think he needs to go that route. But it wouldn't surprise me if they just had to do things a little bit differently. Because again, as I, you know, to be that pessimistic side before, I do worry if that they try to stick to their usual game plan, um, that it is going to result in some tentative moments. It is going to result in moments of inactivity that the champion 
the champion will win that i think he's a little bit better at sort of um stealing stealing those moments away those moments that are quote-unquote like uneventful so uh yes like i said it, i i would like to see him make it a little bit ugly you don't go full calvin you don't full, go full calvin um <laughs> <laughs> Unless you really feel it, maybe you're. Hey, listen, you're. Maybe, I'm sure Calvin didn't plan to go full Calvin, right? At some point, you're just feeling yourself, and you're in the pocket, and you're just throwing. Uh, but I, I would hope that is not the plan for um, for Cannoneer going in. But I think he definitely has to be aware. Look, he might lose some rounds early too. There might be some rounds early on where he has to go in and get get stung and get ripped up a bit. But if he can do that and he can survive and get his own game going, uh, you know, then we're really talking. Then we're having a conversation about about him putting the pressure up on Izzy, especially with the pressure that we've kind of said Izzy has sort of put on himself. So, I'm I'm not expecting that, but that would be the route that I would I would want to see Cannonier go um, if he's going to pull off this this really really big upset. Well, let's make the picks, gentlemen. I mean, we have so much to talk about on this card. We got to move on. Jose, where are you going with this main event? Israel Adesanya, second or third round TKO. I don't think it's going to be a flash knockout. I think he's going to be one of those guys that uh, I said, what was the phrase I used? Like when he fillets his opponent, very methodic. He kind of picks you apart until you just kind of succumb to the violence and then he catches you like Robert Whitaker. Uh, We've seen Jared lose. We've only seen Israel Adesanya lose to a much bigger Jan Blahovic. So, normal like i i'm i'm not like izzy i'll still say undefeated middleweight i know he doesn't really like that but i get why he's undefeated middleweight we haven't seen him ever lose to anyone in middleweight he's had a couple less than stellar performances in terms of excitement he very easily won those fights but uh they weren't the highlight reel israel asana style bender things that we were accustomed to but until i see israel asana look anything less than human i'm gonna pick him to win against everyone at 185 so i think he gets it done third round tko I think I'm with you, man. It just it, it feels he's putting it in the air, and when yeah. he's doing this type of thing, it feels like he's one of the few fighters who can actually live up to that type of moment, right? I feel you as well. I think this is going to be an early knockout, maybe second or third round. I think is he's going to get it done, and he's going to move on to a very, very big fight. And again, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, AK, what about you? I'm sensing a decision. I don't know. I, I I don't know why I'm suddenly so down in this fight. I, I hate like I said. I hate to be part of the people. There are, there is already a large contingent of of a, a large section of fans that are kind of like, you know, um, the, the co-main event, which I know we'll talk about, should have been the real main. Uh, this fight is you know this main event is less compelling now after what we've seen this week than uh, Alex Pereira and uh, Sean Strickland. I don't know if I agree with any of that, but I I am really worrying that we don't get. Uh, a super exciting fight. I, I don't think it has to be a bad fight. I think the the drama just will be there, just based on who's involved. Uh, Izzy and and Jerry Kenny are a very worthy challenger. But I'm I'm thinking Izzy by decision um, in a in a, a fine fight, but not one that we're talking about like even by the end of the end of the year. But hey, I'm very bad at predicting fights. So uh, hey, people look at the fight now. Like 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 you guys said, either early third round knockout, maybe a first round knockout. Izzy does something crazy, or Kenny upset something wild, but. Um, for me, I'm just I cannot get the image of a somewhat listless um, decision out of my head. Well, we'll see. I mean, that's 3-0 for Izzy regardless, but we need to move on because I want to talk about what's in my mind. And I think a majority of the public's mind, the most intriguing fight on this whole damn stat card, because if you give me one fight to watch on Saturday, I'm picking this one. Volkanovsky Holloway. We are doing this again, fellas, the trilogy. And we have to start with what we saw on Thursday, because, guys, I did not see this coming. Uh, Max Holloway is usually someone who's very respectful, cool as a cucumber, not a trash talker at all. Uh, but the Max we saw at that press conference, even Alex was surprised. Uh, AK, were you surprised? Like, what did you make of the fire that we saw from the Blessed Express over there? 
it's kind of hard to tell with Max sometimes what he's thinking. He's normally been the, you know, he, he gets jazzed up at press conferences. We've seen that. He certainly uh, is the kind of guy who will get excited. Talking trash is definitely a little bit out of his his realm of, of what we're used to. Um, especially against someone like Volkanovsky, who we know he respects. There's been some shots fired in interviews, but, but I mean, it was almost inevitable when they've been at every interview they've done over the past, uh, when was there for whatever, two years, has been about each other. It's just constant questions about each other. Volkanovsky had some other fights, Holloway had some other fights. But man, this, this trilogy, the prospect of this trilogy has been swirling ever since. So I guess at some point, you're going to have to take a different tact. It can't be all respectful. It can't, you know, there has to be some trash talk. Uh, Holloway, look, he, I think he's selling the fight. Um, I'm not like thrown off by it. I know some people are saying, oh, what does this mean for how Holloway, where Holloway's head is going to be on fight night? I, I don't think that's a huge concern. Um, Holloway just doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that any sort of pre-fight shenanigans, whether on his part or whether his opponent's part, are necessarily going to really affect what you see when it's time to step into the cage and go to war for 25 minutes. Uh, so uh, it was surprising. Um, it wasn't great uh, with respect to Max, who, again, I think is like a pretty likable guy. Um, but, you know, trash talk is not for everyone. Building up rivalries, uh, you know, in a somewhat artificial way is not for everyone. So... Something I think when the fight's over, regardless of the result, hopefully we won't be talking about much. Um, you know, should he lose again, I, I hope people don't think that it's because of anything that happened at a press conference. I'm surprised to hear you say that you didn't think it was great. I actually really enjoyed it. I just you mm. don't see that side of Max that often. I mean, that, it, it surprised me. But I mean, I've been vocal, uh, Jose, since UFC 251, that I felt like Max won that fight. Uh, mm. The majority of the cards on MMA decisions had it for him as well. But either way, like we are at the point where you can no longer take anything at all away from Alexander Volkanovsky. Like this is clearly one of the greatest talents we have ever seen at 145. Mm-hmm. You got 11 0 in the UFC. This is three defenses of the title now. I think if you look at our website, he's the number three pound for pound fighter in the world. Uh, Max made this point. Max sitting at number six. Not often you see two top six guys, pound for pound in the world, going at it like this with such incredible stakes. I mean, you're on the ground, Jose. Does it feel. Like, this is a special fight. Like, this is a real, just special moment for the sport. Yeah, it seems like the media and fans that we've talked to, everyone's kind of in agreement with what you said. If they could watch one fight, it would be this fight because it's not every day you get two fighters, not just in the top 15 rankings for their weight class, but top 10 pound for pound in all weight classes across the board. Uh, Max has said a few times, like the last time he thinks he remembers this is, is like when John fought. Uh, John Jones fought DC. I think there's been a few after that. I like, if I remember correctly, like when Habib fought like Dustin Poirier, I would imagine they would both be in the top 15, same as when Dustin Poirier fought Charles Oliveira. They were both in the top 15. But this feels a little, this is obviously different because they've already fought twice and very rarely, even more rare than fight two guys fighting in the top 10 pound for pound. It's they're fighting and one person is already down 2 0. Like, regardless of what we all just all argue and say and whine about who won that fight the L is there. Alexander Volkanovsky has that title defense. He is defending his title. Max is not the champion. So uh, I'm happy this fight is happening. I wanted the third fight right away, but I get why they didn't book it right away. All respect to Max Holloway for taking two super dangerous fights, flying all the way to Abu Dhabi to fight Calvin Cater, and then fighting Yari Rodriguez, an absolute monster inside an empty apex. So 
like Max, like Alexander Volkanovsky said, Max Holloway was stubborn and didn't want anyone to take his spot. So he did what he had to do. And Max Volkanovsky is more than happy and more than willing to throw down for a third time. These are clearly two of the three best featherweights that have ever lived. You can make an argument that the top two, I still put Jose Aldo number one. So does Preach. Holloway and Volkanovsky. So does Holloway and Volkanovsky. So if these two gentlemen say it, then let's not have this argument ever again. Um, so yeah, it's, <laughs> it's super, it's, it's high-level martial arts across the board. I don't really care about this goofy trash talk that Max was doing. I have a theory that he gave the exact same interview 18 times to 18 different media people. You know, it is what it is. We'll see on Saturday. Best is blessed. Blah, blah, blah. And then someone was like, hey, I think you've done the same interview about 100 times this week. So then he came out there with a little more fire. Uh, also, there was a ton of Hawaiian people. I don't know how it came across on the screen, but if you looked at the crowd, there were so many Hawaiians in the crowd. So it was very clearly pro Max Holloway, so maybe we fed off of that. So I think we're going to get a super hyped up and fired up Max Holloway come fight night. Ninth Island, baby. Ninth Island mm-hmm. out in full force out there in Las Vegas. You, I love the way that this fight sort of come together because I was like you, Jose. When After that second fight, I was a little – outraged i kind of wanted that third fight right away but patience right the the distance yeah. makes the heart grow fonder because you yeah. got you saw max he went out there and really reestablished himself against calvin cater and then the ier rodriguez fight and then look what vulcan like volkanovsky exactly an even bigger star now yeah i think volkanovsky now much more so than after that second max yes. fight is getting the respect or starting to get the respect that he clearly deserves as one of the greatest ever like we are now talking about him as one of the pound for pound best AK, I mean, regardless of what any of us think about the scoring, like Jose said, it's 2-0 in Alex's favor. It is on Max now to make these adjustments because the alternative is fairly dire for him if he doesn't, right? Like, if you get Max Holloway down 0-3 to a champion who doesn't look like he's going to be beaten anytime soon, Max is only 30 years old. He's probably a lot older in terms of fight years because he's been at this for so long, but that could really, really put a cap on his career, hamstring his career and his legacy in like a fundamentally broken way if he's just not able to get past this 0-3 hole and never really get a title shot again as long as Alex is here. I mean, even Max has spoken openly this week about how much this means for his legacy. Do you think that Max can make the necessary adjustments and does it almost feel like this is like a last chance, like this is a really dire situation for him? I mean, it sucks that it has to be because uh, as far in regards to it being a last chance, it, it really sucks to say that it is because these are the two best guys at 145 in the world. Great division, a lot of guys coming up, um, a lot of guys who could certainly be uh, in contention for that spot within, I mean, within six months, we could be talking about someone who's maybe as good, to, good enough to crack that top three. But right now we know definitively it's Alexander Volkanovsky, it's Max Holloway. Uh, so theoretically, you... And and the first fight wasn't great. The second fight was friggin' awesome. So, like, what would be wrong with wanting to see these guys fight three, to, uh, four times, five times, six times? It's not how combat sports works. I get it. You do have in boxing, sometimes you guys have fight four times, five times. But at least it's definitely very rare in situations where one guy was up, like, say, 0-3 in the series, which Volkanovski will be if he, if he beats Max again. So um, I get it. I I understand why people wouldn't want to see it again. I understand why um, even, you know, Max Holloway is kind of thinking, what, why, why, why would they make this happen again if I lost? But he can make the adjustments. Um, that second fight was super close. It's not a robbery. It's not a robbery. I know I've said this countless times. I've done a robbery review, guys, at methfighting.com. Robbery review, check that out. I have reviewed the fight. It's not a robbery. It was super close. 
But the first two rounds, very clear for for Holloway. He scores he scores a, a knockdown, I think, in the first round, and the second round, I don't remember. If he, I don't know if he remember if he gets credited with a knockdown, but it's a clear stagger. He at least drops Volkanovski to a knee. They're very easy rounds to score for for, for Holloway. The third, super close round. Um, that's probably the swing round for most people. And then fourth and fifth, I think very clear for Volkanovsky. But it's not like even in the rounds that Volkanovsky won, uh, clearly four and five, it's not like he was blowing Max Holloway away. So I do I do think that there's uh, adjustments that can be made. Maybe it has to do with con- uh, conservation of energy. Uh, maybe it just has to do with sort of um, a pro- uh, being a little more defensive. Uh, it, it adds hard with a guy like Volkanovsky, again, who can really dictate the pace. He's at that point in his career where he can make pretty much anybody fight the fight that he wants to fight but that's what Holly was too when he was a champion and that's what makes this matchup so fascinating and again if you'll go back and watch that second fight you see that you see uh you see moments where guys are just t- they're they're struggling for the invisible reins of the fight you can feel it you can feel them trying to control the fight and, and both having success success doing so and it's why it was so close so um yeah uh, anyone who saw that second fight Max Holloway was one round away from winning. He clearly won two of the rounds. He he won rounds one and two. Uh, it, it, uh, now Volkanovski is going to make adjustments too. So who, you know who's who's going to adapt better? Is is there some formula that uh, Holloway can find that no matter what changes Volkanovski makes, you know uh, Holloway can still have that formula to beat him? I'm unsure. Uh, I know we're going to make official picks soon, but of course I am, as you can tell, sort of leaning towards Volkanovski. But uh, yeah, but for everyone who wanted to see this fight a third time because they want to see Holloway, you know, possibly finally get that win over Volkanovski, I mean, there's no reason to believe he can't. It's wild, just like you can't, we almost can't like overstate how much this fight means to both men, just in terms of their their career paths, but also their legacies, right? Like it feels like if this this has been a black cloud that's been hanging over Alex since that rematch. And if he is able to get past this Max Holloway chapter of his life, it feels like he would really level up in a way, just historically, in terms of the fans' perception, all of it, in a way that he maybe hasn't and has been held, holding him back. Uh, so let's see, guys. I mean, predictions. This is as coin flippy of a fight as you can get in my eyes. I don't really know where to go. I'm still on the fence a little bit. Jose, where do you lean here? I'm leaning towards Alex Volkanovsky. Alex Volkanovsky has looked like the pound. Like if Kamaru Usman wasn't the champion, if he loses to Leon Edwards, I think Volkanovsky is pound for pound the best fighter in the world. He has looked unstoppable. And even when he has been in precarious situations, like when he was in a deep guillotine against Brian Ortega, he finds a way out and he finds a way to win. And I've said this on many a post show, many a preview show. The thing that separates the top three fighters in a division from the like the rest of the pack are those moments where when you are on your heels and you are hurt, can you keep winning? Can you do this and that? Yeah, is he put Alex Petty on skates for like X amount of time, like he keeps saying, but he still lost and got knocked out cold. It's not how you start. It's how you finish a fight because at the end of the day, as Billy Bean said, nothing matters unless you win the last game of the season. So <laughs> Volkanovski is up 2-0. I think he's going to go 3-0. I think it's going to be super, super competitive. I think Max it should be done at featherweight regardless of whether he wins or loses because those weight cuts look worse and worse and worse every time. Also, I just want to see him fight a lot of those guys at lightweight. But if he wants to stick around and keep fighting at featherweight, so be it. I just think Alexander Volkanovsky is built for this division, and he's just on such another level. Yeah, you can make the argument he lost that second fight. I don't honestly remember how I did score it. Um, it's one of the few pay-per-views I missed. So I think Volkanovsky makes it 3-0 and cements himself as one, if not the, if the second, if not the best fighter on planet Earth. Also, I'm going to say, I'm going to put this out there because I've been thinking about this a long time. I think in terms of just competitiveness, this is the greatest trilogy fight in the history of UFC. And oh. I'm even going to go out there and say this could be the greatest 
co-main event in the history of the UFC. It honestly could be. Whoa. Like, like leading into a fight. Like, obviously, Yoana Wei Lee was the co-main event, but no one was saying, like, oh, this Robbie is... Robbie Rory, yeah. Right, but that that was post... That was that became magical after the fight. No one was like, oh, this... Because that was also a rematch. It was great, and this and that, and the Connor show, the Chad Mendes thing. In terms of just competitiveness and lead-up to the fight, you can make an argument this is the greatest co-main event in the history of the UFC. That is... An, you kind of, like, blew my mind a little bit there. I, I would have to go through the archives here. But I mean... Like there has historically been, great figures who are there have been great co-main of, there yeah. have been great co-main events after the fact like Rockhold and Chris Wyman was a co-main event uh, like the the few that you that you said there have been like Ronda was a co-main Ronda Alexis Davis was the co-main event for Chris Weidman uh, Leota Machida there have been some banger co-main events but in terms of just competitiveness in the buildup I'll say this is the best ever interesting I'm gonna have to ponder that now because you might be right. You might actually I like it. be right. Uh, it's tough for me because I think, obviously, I've been a latecomer to Alexander Volkanovsky. I, mm -hmm. I was banging the Max Holloway drum for a long time. If they would have booked that that third fight right after that second fight, I would have picked Max without even thinking about it. But, man, I mean, I know Max belittled it a little bit at the press conference, but that dude has taken so much damage at this point in his Seriously. career. And especially these last two fights, he has taken a ton, a ton of damage. And, and I know he's only 30, but fight years are different than age. I just feel like Alexander Volkanovsky is at the best pinnacle peak moment of his career. He is at his apex right now. And he might, again, go down as the greatest featherweight of all time. I'm not ready to do that just yet. I think Alexander Volkanovsky is going to win this decidedly, maybe similar to the first fight. But this feels like a Volkanovsky 3-0 for me. And then Max will have to figure it out, whether that's 155, whether that's something else, I don't know. But I I can't wait to see it because it's a 50-50 still in my mind. I'm, I've been on the fence up until literally 10 minutes ago. Uh, what about you, AK? Yeah, Volkanovsky by decision. And he's going to do something he didn't do in the first two fights. Uh, he's going to drop him. I think we're going to have a clear... A, a rocking or a knockdown. We're going to have a clear uh, Joe, classic Joe Rogan. He's hurt moments. Uh, we might going to have a voice crack if we're lucky. And I think uh, it's really going to shock people. Uh, it could happen early, like maybe in the first or second round, maybe after a bit of feeling out process, maybe in the second round, Volkanovski's going to land something that's really going to hurt Max. You can chalk it up to, again, Volkanovski, you know, just getting better and better and better, becoming more precise, just having a little more power. Of course, as you guys just alluded to sort of the the, the potentially deteriorating chin uh, and, and stamina of uh, Max Holloway. But I do think we are going to see a knockdown. Uh, and yes, leading to a more convincing decision. And hopefully nobody calling for a fourth fight, at least not right away. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Well, let's move on, fellas, because there's been one surprise for me this past week. I think when you look at sort of the card, we were all excited for a lot of this. The interest level in Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira, if you look at the metrics, if you look at traffic stats, YouTube numbers, whatever you want to look at, it's blowing everything else away. Like it it is just blowing away every other fight on the card. It's been a slow build this entire week. I don't really know what to make of it. It's not something I expected to see because it's been both sides, right? It's been Alex Pereira's stuff's been doing well. Sean Strickland's stuff's been doing very well. Again, I'm, I'm a little surprised by this. Uh, Jose, Sean's, you've been there, man. Sean's yeah. had a hell of a week, huh? Whether, yeah. however you want to frame it, he has certainly had a hell of a week. Yeah, he uh, he was the superstar of the the press conference, I'll tell you that much. And, like, he walked out, he got a pop. Like, when I'm not, no one booed Sean Strickland, he walked out. And uh, very rarely do we see Izzy 10-7 verbally up there. And I don't agree with nine, actually, I'm going to say, I don't agree with anything Sean Strickland says about <laughs> anything, about anything in the world. Like, he's up there with his white T-shirt, his jeans, and his house keys buckled to his belt loop. I'm like, what are we doing up here, man? This is a, in this Las is an Vegas. international, this is an international in fight week press conference and he's up there doing crowd work oh. calling out fighters saying the line where he was like oh don't break a nail like is he calm down you're gonna break a nail is he tell me what not to do what should i not take a nap in there in there i'm like oh man like so like we were i was on the rise of all the media and i was looking around we were like golly i don't remember a single person to ever do that to Izzy because Izzy at this point he has these lines that he plans out like when he's like i'm gonna leave you frozen like elsa that was flat that was the yeah. worst that was the worst line I've heard since that ill-fated Conor McGregor Mayweather uh, press conference in Brooklyn when Conor said something I don't remember, and everyone was like, "Neat," and then they just moved on. <laughs> like that was that level. And Izzy's clearly the best middleweight in the world, and I want to see those two fight. But man, Sean Strickland was a star there. He was just, his media day was something else. He's doing crowd work with the media too. So uh, again, don't agree with anything he says, but man, that fight will be huge soon. I agree with you in a lot of respects. I don't agree with most things that man says, probably anything, but the dude knows how to work a crowd. He certainly knows how to get attention. I mean, AK, are you surprised that this fight is generating so much heat? Like on a card with, again, we're calling it the best card of the year. This has been the fight with the most interest in terms of metrics and and views and everything. Are you surprised? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, like we said, Alexander Volkanovsky feels like he's finally starting to gain traction as a UFC star, but for whatever reason, he's not there yet. I mean, a lot of people probably still view him as the B-side to this Max fight, which I don't think is fair. I think Mac, I think Alexander Volkanovsky is wildly entertaining, at least in his fights. And I actually like his personality, too, though I get it. It's not the kind of personality that, that makes headlines and goes viral. You know, that's fine. Um, and as for the main event, we've kind of, we've kind of said uh, a lot of people are – it's – Israel Adesanya, the biggest favorite on the card. A lot of people are kind of just expecting this to be a, a pretty solid, if uneventful, title defense for him. Even if he gets a first round finish, again, the people aren't then the people aren't seeing it as a competitive matchup, right? So, yes, now we're kind of defaulting to this third fight, but because of the way it's been built up, because we know what's on the line, um, this is you know a year ago we might not have predicted predicted that this would be a uh, a popular number one contenders fight, but. Pereira made his way into the UFC. He's taken care of business so far. He's thankfully been as advertised, even with as limited MMA as he has. And every time he wins, more and more people sort of get invested in the possibility of him fighting uh, Adesanya again, but this time, you know, in, in the MMA cage. And anyone who hadn't seen that highlight, you know, of him knocking out uh, Adesanya, pretty much everybody's seen it by now. And if they haven't, um, everyone's going to know about it after, you know, if, if he beats Strickland on Saturday. So there's that aspect of it. And then you have Strickland emerging as this dark horse uh, contender. Probably not the guy they wanted on paper. Uh, again, very, very, uh, very offensive comments on social media. He said some horrible, horrible things on social media. Certainly stuff the UFC would not promote. I'm a little disappointed that they haven't even uh, cracked down on it a bit. But, you know, Dana White is, is all about that. Par for the course. What have you. Par for the course. Par for the course. Um, but... Other aspects of his persona are very appealing to the MMA fan base. Uh, well, maybe even the unsavory ones too. But there's certain, whatever it is, he has struck a nerve. He has people talking about him on both sides, you know, positive or negative. He has people talking about him. I was telling Mike earlier, uh, Shane, that like we might have to call him uh, uh, Sean, uh, love him or hate him, Strickland. Because I feel like that's like the disclaimer you have to have at every time you even bring him up, bring his name up. Uh, but almost more importantly than all that, just like with Colby Covington, beyond all the whatever, his opinions, his trash talk, the persona – He's winning fights. He's winning fights. That's what Covington did too. I know people always say, oh, well, everything turned around for Covington, you know, once he he, he became whatever he became. And part of that's true. But also, God, he just kept winning fights. He was knocking off big names, winning fights. Sean Strickland's doing that now too. And now Sean Strickland is getting his chance to beat a guy who uh, seems to be tailor-made for a championship fight with uh, Israel Adesanya. But he's got to get past the very tough test first. So it, there's just a lot more to sink your teeth into. Um, maybe not more so than the co-main. But I think to, if you're selling it to a casual fan, if you can sell a fight like this to a casual fan, um, there's a, yeah, it's a little more, it's a little more compelling. I think if people saw that press conference, they're thinking like, I want to know more. I want to know more about this Sean Strickland guy. I don't know if he's a good guy. I don't know if he's a bad guy, but I want to know more, and I definitely want to see him fight on Saturday. Jose, it's it's so funny the way that this stuff works out because when this fight was first booked, it was very apparent what was going on, right? Like Alex Pereira. He has the wins over Izzy. He's not very experienced in MMA at all. It, it was it felt like here's the quickest and maybe easiest potential road to get him to that Izzy fight. Felt like an obvious number one contender fight for him. At this point, is this just like is it big fight regardless? Like whoever wins this fight, do you feel yes. like this is going to be one of Izzy's bigger fights? Absolutely. Uh, if he fights Sean Strickland, they're going to sell the hell out of that fight at every press conference. They're going to show all those sound bites we got it's going to be just those are two guys that you put them on the stage by themselves and not anyone else you don't put five people up there you put izzy and you put Sean strickland and you give him two mics and then they just yell at each other that's what we need 
If it's Pajeda, it's the rivalry is there from kickboxing, and it's a it is a strictly martial arts thing because Ezekiel was getting all kinds of mad. Alex Pajeda is not up there saying like, "Oh, I'm going to destroy this guy." People are asking him about Izzy and he's just answering. He's not going up there and immediately calling him out. We Mike was even like He's yeah, ice cold though. He he is yeah. ice cold he with is. some of the lines. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And he's and even Mike Heck was like, do you have a message for Izzy? He's like, nah, I gotta worry about Sean, which is very true. Cause Sean Strickland is a very good fist fighter. Um I have to get out of here soon, so I'm gonna probably give my prediction right now. Is that okay, Sean? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm gonna pick I think it's gonna be Alex Bajeda. He is huge. I oh, you're I, a believer. I wasn't I wasn't aware at how much bigger he was than Sean Strickland until they faced off. He is so big at middleweight. Like, it does not look like a good cut. So, if Sean Strickland, I know Sean Strickland is a psycho and trains with France and Ghana for fun. I just think Alex Bajeda, the guys that Sean Strickland has beat lately are guys that aren't like Uriah Hall is a good, is a phenomenal striker, but he's not really an offensive push the pace striker. He is a counter striker that finds openings and hits you with those spectacular shots and puts you away. Sean Strickland has a gas tank that just is go, 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 go. So he did not let Uriah Hall get into that thing. And then Jack Hermanson is great. Don't get into a sloppy kickboxing match with Sean Strickland. I think Alex Bahead is not going to be do that. And he's going – I don't say, I don't think he's going to knock him dead, but he's going to hurt Sean Strickland. I think he's going to get it done. And then we see Izzy Alex Bahada at some point in the fourth quarter of 2022. Well, really quickly, because I, I we'll, we're going to revisit the rest of this fight. But before you go, because I know you have to go set up for the for the rest of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. and proceedings and everything. What else? What's if you had one more fight on this card you like? What's sticking out to you? What's the one fight that you like on this card outside it's of the Sean, victory? It's the Sean O'Malley fight. I mean, it really like I. I've always thought Sean O'Malley was a supremely talented fighter, but the guys that he's fighting, he's been dominating. And the Halle and Paiva fight, I'm like, Halle and Paiva is a good fighter. He's a, he's a durable fighter. He just beat his old teammate in Kyler Phillips. But, like, that's not the fight I want. I want to see Sean O'Malley fight someone in the top 10, top 15. Pedro Munoz has lost two. If you make a list of the 10 greatest bantamweights in the world, Pedro Munoz has probably fought all of them. And he's either, <laughs> beaten, or, and he's either beaten or lost to them. And he's not even the biggest bantamweight out there. He's not the he's not this supremely knockout artist, high-level grappler. He's just well-rounded, all-around, durable, and he fights the best of the best. If Sean Strickland does what he says and is, becomes – and like a top 10 bantamweights, Pedro Munoz fought all of them. None of them have knocked Pedro Munoz out. If Sean O'Malley does what those 10 or whoever many can't do including the current champion in Aljamain Sterling Sean O'Malley has arrived and if, Pedro, and if Pedro Munoz halts the hype train then we still get more fun fights with Sean O'Malley he still gets learned to grow and Pedro Munoz just cements himself in that top 10 gatekeeper status so that the winner of that will answer a we'll have a lot of answers to a lot of questions after that fight and that is what I'm excited for yeah, it's weird. It's been kind of a low-key week for Sean. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that matchmaking is just sensational because you're 100% right on, on everything you just said there. I can't wait for that one. Jose, you've been killing it all week. I know you still got a lot more to do, so go ahead, take off. We're going to handle it from here. Uh, appreciate you as always, my man. Thank you, Jose. Dipset, everybody. <laughs> all right. AK and Casey, okay. if you want to get in here now here as well. Uh, AK, Jose laid it out there pretty nice. I mean, Sean Strickland even said it on, on, on the media day, like, he can choose to fight, like he said, take the coward's way out. He can choose to wrestle. He can choose to use the advantages that he very clearly probably has over this man who is mostly a kickboxer, who just as recent as like last year was was fighting for glory titles. Or he can fight with ego and he can fight. You know, he's mostly a stand up fighter for the most part. He can he can fight the way that he knows how to fight and he can try to out kickbox the kickboxer. 
what do you think he's going to do? Because that's really, that feels like the ultimate question when it comes to this fight is how is Sean going to approach this? Well, first of all, hashtag keep the martial arts apart. We all know how I feel about that. But, but if Sean Strickland sensed, realized the opportunity that's ahead of him, realizes the buzz that he has created and how important it is that he gets this, this Israel Adesanya fight, this opportunity might not come along again. He's a, he's a really good fighter. He's a really good fighter. So it's possible he could lose this fight, maybe win two more and still, you know, somewhere down the road. But in MMA, sometimes you really only get that one shot, that really one shot to capture the moment, capture the people's imaginations, which he has done this week. And then to get that big win, to take the thunder away from someone who, again, is, is really, I feel like, like, you know, has been earmarked by the promotion to be a number one contender. If you can do all that in the same week, you got to take advantage of it while you can. Um, if he beats Alex Pereira, by wrestling, by mixing the martial arts. Uh, it, listen, I hear people saying like it'll kill the it'll kill the um, momentum he's built up. I don't think that will at all. I I, I, I no, I think that's crazy. The I think momentum comes from him spe- speaking at this point. Sure, yeah, and people will just remember that he won. That he won. He beat he beat this two time glory champion. He beat this guy who was who is uh, I don't know if he's favored right now. I'm not sure what the odds are in there, but. Um, who certainly people thought, you know, is very likely to kick his head off, you know? So that's what people will remember. Okay. That's what we'll remember. Um, so, so my pick is Sean Strickland. I do think he's going to win a decision. I think he will mix the martial arts. I think he'll be smart about it. It is only three rounds. You know, if this were like a five round fight, maybe I'd say, well, Pereira has, has more of a chance to sort of um, figure things out, find the range. He can give up a couple of rounds, get a late knockout. He doesn't have that option here. He doesn't have that option. If he loses a couple of rounds, uh, you know, then, then there's a chance. He did, there's not enough time to come back. So Strickland by decision, and let me say when then when the the, the fight with uh, Izzy inevitably gets booked, uh, can we can we somehow like make it so they can't like tweet at each other? Can we block them from social media well, from each other? I believe Sean I don't Strickland, want to see I believe any of that. Sean, I believe Casey. I think you're muted. Also, I believe Sean Strickland is like banned from banned. Twitter. Oh, he yeah, already yeah. is. Okay, okay. I thought. So there you go. Uh, do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? We know why. We oh, all know yeah. Why. And that's why uh, I, I cannot. And so yeah. Twitter took care of it for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good. But I mean, doesn't he have other social medias? Uh, tele- Telegram. Yeah. I see on uh, <laughs> Russian v- VK, Russian Facebook. Uh, I'm just saying. Can we? Parlor. Parlor. I think parlor. Parlor. Instagram. True whatever. social. Yeah. True yeah. Social. Can we keep them away from each other on social media? Because I, I do think there's. I was saying this earlier. I know he does say a lot of dumb stuff all the time. I do think there's a line between what he says on social media and what he says in public. I feel like he's been a little bit more careful about what he said, like when he's in a public setting. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I haven't been watching enough Sean Strickland interviews, but I do feel like his like Twitter, uh, his Twitter when it existed was still was still online. It was there was like no rules? Like literally, he would just say the most horrible, horrible, horrible things. Um, I feel like when he's on camera, he's a little more self-conscious about it. And again, everyone's saying everyone's very high on him, uh, what he did at the press conference. So that's a good sign. It's just, I mean, it, the way this is played out, if, if Sean Strickland and Izzy is the fight, if that turns into the fight, I have not seen Izzy be so rattled in a weird, in like the weird way of like kind of caught off guard of like, oh, this guy's actually owning me on the mic right now that he was on Thursday. Izzy is going to be so motivated to smash this dude by the time the fight comes with with whatever that back and forth is for however long it's going to be, I'm almost excited at the prospect of that, of just like what a hyper, hyper, hyper focused and motivated Izzy would, would be able to, to accomplish against somebody like that. But who knows, man, because either way, I've been wanting the Izzy Pereira trilogy. I almost wanted the UFC to just do it, to do it, 
uh, I'm, I, I just think that's a really compelling story and it seems to bother Izzy too, which is another thing of just like, let's get this guy really motivated for something, get him up. Cause as Jose was saying, he had been kind of bored with the, these rematches. Either way this goes is now incredibly fun for me. Like I, I think either way this goes, we have a big fight on our hands regardless. I think Sean Strickland's probably going to fight smart because for as, as stupid of all of the things he says constantly and as, as stupid as he sort of appears in the general, his persona, he still seems to be a very smart fighter who for the most part fights very defensively, fights behind a jab. Like he, he, he is a good fighter. He is a very good fighter who That's fights. Important. That's yeah. important to note. I mean, like he is I, not going out there trying to swing and bang and just be crazy. Like he is a very smart, patient fighter uh, who, who you know, fights very uniquely with the trash talk and things like that. But I think ultimately he's going to see this gigantic, terrifying Brazilian striker who is a two division glory champion and be like, maybe it's not the best idea to stand and trade with this fella uh, and maybe muck it up a bit. What do you think, Casey? Uh, yeah, uh, Sean Strickland. um, I don't want to get too much into his um, off-color comments, but um, I think what he says is just very bad. Just actually, I think it's just he's just sometimes just a bad human. But as far as the person in the cage, he is a very good fighter, very good fighter, and he is a smart fighter, and he will wrestle. Mr. Prayer for 15 minutes straight. That's all he should do. Wrestle, wrestle, throw a couple jabs, change levels. Throw a couple jabs, change levels. That's all he should be doing. And he can win the fight. And the idea that he'll lose the momentum or if he if he does a boring decision, he no. won't get a title. He's just fight. gonna get on the mic. He's just gonna he get is. on the mic and freak. We said out. that last. We said that in his last fight. What, who was his last opponent? That was a Hermanson. Was a, See, you don't even it, remember. That's exactly yeah, it. The it, fight it, was, it was very incredibly boring. Un, fight. Very forgettable. Like, oh well, boring. Because Sean Strickland, like, I'm going to murder this guy. And then it turns out, oh, I'm just going to jab him, give him a bloody nose, and still win. And yet he's still in the same position. Being an exciting fighter is way overrated. As long as you can just talk your ass off on the mic, that's all that matters. That's all that matters in prize fighting. And Sean Strickland ain't dumb. He's he's. he's Throw a couple jabs. Just try to wrestle. Try to wrestle, and just He's hope to God that you don't eat a giant knee coming yeah. in. And if he wins that, he'll he will get the title fight. And if Pereira, went, Pereira wins, he will get the title fight too. That's why this is a great booking by the UFC. Great, put them on the same Fantastic. card, put them Perfect. on the same Fantastic. stage, Perfect. have a press conference. You know, usually I'm I'm kind of like, why isn't Dana there promoting the fight? I'm actually kind of glad Dana wasn't there because then the, there would be so many kind of questions like, hey Dana, what do you think about Sean? And then Sean, it, it would been kind of. I don't know, it felt like the boss wasn't there. They could yeah, just kind of the, the go parents out. were away, right? Like yeah, dad, the parents weren't away. Yeah. so he was yeah. able to be a little looser. So um, uh, yeah, but uh, I, I forgot so the original question too? was, huh? So you picking Strickland too? I'm picking Strickland by a uh, really ugly, boring decision. Yeah, but I, I, then the fans dude, will boo him. But as soon as he grabs that mic, he'll go, "Hey, Izzy, Izzy, masturbates to cartoons," and the crowd will go, "What?" <laughs> you know, I got to see this title fight. Here's my money, Dana. Uh, people forget, man, Chael Sonnen was not a very exciting fighter. Like, he was a very, a lot of the time, grindy, boring fighter who was just incredibly exciting on the mic. That's all it yeah. takes sometimes. Uh, anyway, even Colby, let's move even Colby. on. Those, those Colby, Damian Maya Colby's and RDA an fights were not, were not great. They're not, Dude. like, memorable fights. <laughs> That's it, all it takes sometimes, man. Let's let's keep moving though, because we are running out of time, and this is just a ridiculous card. We have so yes. many other fights to hit. Uh, AK, I want to throw you the same question that I hit Jose with. Just if you could pick one, just one other fight uh, outside of these top three, what's what's grabbing you the most? 
I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna go away. Uh, Jose's pick was excellent. I'm gonna go away from that. The main card opener. I'm really intrigued by Uriah Hall and Andre Muniz. Um, oh. Uriah is a guy. The, the, I the have, people, the two guys that didn't even get a media day, they haven't gotten anything. Like they have. The, Andre Muniz might be the next champion of this division. No, but I think Muniz the is the second prelims. best middleweight on this card. Guys, this, is, this is Fight Pass content here. This isn't even on ABC. This is Fight Pass content. That's how low it is. This on is the card. Facebook. <laughs> this would be on Facebook. If that were still a thing, this is the number 12, Uriah Hall, number 12 in our rankings. Andre Muniz is number 10. These are two of our top 12 middleweights in the world. And they are uh, headli- headlining the early prelims, if that's a thing. Um, but I'm fascinated by the style of matchup, too. Uriah Hall is, I'm probably, if, if I had a record of like predicting his fights, I'm probably in the UFC, let's see, he's had uh, 18 fights. I'm probably like uh, 2 and 16. I just never. I'm. The, I have no gauge for who's going to show up. I thought he was going to beat Sean Strickland. I was like. I was like. I'm believing. I'm believing that this Uriah Hall surge is real, and he just got beat. You know, he just got beat that night, and I was suddenly like, well, I don't know. I just don't know what to expect this guy. Because at his best, he's a huge challenge for Andre Muniz. Andre Muniz, a, a great grappler. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, probably a bit underrated as a striker, but definitely the best not grappler in the division. Of, like just in terms of pure danger grappling like he's probably mm-hmm. the most dangerous grappler in the entire yeah 185 you you yeah, break but- Jacques Ray's arm I'm calling you that like, <laughs> at that point you're it but Uriah Hall doesn't get dominated by grapplers like that's not really a thing uh so I, it would kind of be a first time has he now has he fought someone as dangerous uh with his grappling as Andre Muniz maybe not so maybe this is the day we see Uriah Hall get submitted and if so huge feather in the cap to Andre Muniz Chris Weidman could um, have been a person but it ended very early so obviously right yeah um and, and uh I, I'm certainly going with Muniz to win because I'm a very safe picker and whatever but a Uriah Hall decision win would not surprise me just Muniz just not being able to get it to where he needs it to go Uriah Hall just out striking him frustrating him um it's very possible so it's that great kind of clash of styles uh that I'm that I'm really interested in. and I don't expect either guy to mix the martial arts too much I want to see I want to see striking I want to see one guy stick with his grappling and then I want whoever gets their game going to win do not gentlemen there is no need to mix the martial arts no need I I was so surprised that there, that these guys even aren't even get like a media day, nothing. Again, like Andre Muniz is going to be someone in my mind who's going to be in this title picture for years to come. Like this is someone who maybe you should get behind UFC, but what do I know? I'm not, I'm not the promoter over here. I like that pick, AK. For me, the one I kind of have my eye on that has flying incredibly low under the radar, but I think we could look back on as maybe a turning point, Jalen Turner and, and Brad Riddell. Jalen Turner, to me, might be one of the most interesting prospects in this whole damn lightweight division at this point. That dude is massive for a lightweight, and it doesn't seem like he cuts a lot of weight, and he is incredibly, incredibly skilled. Like, I am so, I am all in on Jalen Turner. Like, I am. if you're selling Jalen Turner stock, I am gobbling it up. I'm buying all of it because I think this kid might just be the, the truth. I think he might be a, a title contender sooner rather than later. And Brad Riddell is... I'm just saying, like, I am all in on Jalen Turner. And I have been for a bit. Also, like, if someone has 100 tarantulas in their home, like, they have a level of courage that is far beyond anything that I I could ever begin to understand. He's just an interesting cat. I like him a lot. Uh, And then Brad Riddell. Like, Brad Riddell, not long ago, was a guy that we were talking about going into the physio fight of, like, this is somebody who might be, you know, in this title picture for a long time. And then he kind of – he loses that fight, gets knocked out, goes away for a while, and we forget about him because this division's so deep. But Brad Riddell's still, like – a force at 155. Oh, yeah. I love this fight. I absolutely love this fight. And I can't wait for it. I think it's gonna be fireworks. 
cool. What do you think, Casey? What, what, um, what's standing yeah, out no, to you? I, I was going to say Riddell Turner too. Um, I've, I'm still very high on Riddell. Um, Turner's obviously a great prospect, um, kind of h- hitting his prime too pretty soon, um, athletically. Um, and remember, like, yeah, Faziz did knock Riddell out, but that was a very, I think it was midway through the third round. But that was a super competitive fight till then and very fun. So uh, that's, that's one of those fights. I, I do think Faziz is a slightly better fighter. But, um, you know, if they fight like 10 times, I think Riddell wins four times, you know. But uh, the fight, I'm most in, actually, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go low in the card. I'm still kind of interested in Macy Barber. Macy Barber, Jessica Whoa. I. Is, All right. Sure. I think no, I like that. I, I just didn't pick a, I didn't expect the Jessica I pick, but please. <laughs> well, it's more about, one reason I was talking about the weigh-in show, why I love this card and the matchmaking is, for the most part, it's uh, kind of, Prospects versus gatekeepers at different levels. Yeah. Pedro Munoz is that kind of top 10 gatekeeper. Uh, Jessica, I, you know, I don't know what level, top 10, you know, gatekeeper. You kind of have to beat Brad these Tavares. People. Brad Tavares. Exactly, uh, Brad yeah. Tavares. Uh, I think there was even another one on there. But um, you get what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. You, you kind of have to beat these people to kind of, for the media and the fans to go, okay, you know what? You are a future contender. Now let's just see if you can get there. And Macy Barber, of course, had those losses, but she was, yeah, she was very, she tried to hype herself up. She's the future. There are, two, there are two futures on this card and everything. And she took some losses, took some bumps, but I still think there is some really good raw talent in Macy Barber. And I like, I love this matchmaking of her and Jessica. I don't know. I know this is a short notice for Macy Barber, Macy Barber, and I'm hoping she's coming into this fight, you know, you know, on a, at her best, not, no, not, you know, just, you know, unprepared but um i actually i I think it's gonna be a good kind of fun brawl i think it's gonna be fun um it's very early in the card um otherwise um the pedro munoz sean o'malley i just i just so many things could happen that fight and it it could really especially a big win by o'malley a big like first round knockout dude the 135 pound division completely kind of changes you know So, uh, and, and, and you can say that that's why this card's so fun is you can say yeah. that about so many divisions on this card. Like the matchmaking, there could be so many changes of the guard with this card, depending on how some certain matchups play out. I was setting up, we have our rankings coming out next week in the ranking shows and all that. And I was setting up sort of the, the scene where we were with matchups and, and where the rankings were. And like half of, of the, the meaningful matchups still left in the ranking cycle are just from this card. Like yeah. it, this card could be seismic in terms of what it does for these divisions and uh, just the UFC in general. I love it. What I so in our rankings, uh, both Macy Barber and this guy are just outside. They're Farbs. Fighters also receiving votes, so just outside. <laughs> Macy Barber on quite a few ballots, so she's right ready to crack in. Jessica I still on one ballot. Maybe it's me. I don't remember. Uh, do you know where she's ra- – so she, neither of them are ranked. Do you know where Jessica I is ranked in the UFC rankings? Top 10 probably. Yes. Tied for 10th. That's not surprising, man. That's why what? we're the best <laughs> rankings and the only rankings that matter in the sport. Listen, I had I had Jessica I ranked for a while, but she's been in a she's been in a bit of a slump, and it's not like this division hasn't moved. There's been movement at yeah. 125. So, what to be the? fair, AK, to be fair, AK, you also still have Conor McGregor ranked, and you were the only Ten. person 
on oh, our entire do this website. Now? All right, <laughs> hold on. Let, me bring, you know what? Let me bring up the rankings here. We're going to start doing this now? No, no, we're not going to do this. We're not gonna I stand by it. I stand by it. I stand by it. I'm not even apologizing. You're the last one. You're the last one on the bandwagon. Casey, we're running out of time, but let's get to the peeps. What do we got out there? Oh, questions. Let's go to the peeps. There's so many damn fights. I'm sure there's something out there. All right, so hit us up with questions and peeps. I did pull some other stuff up, so here we go. Do, 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 do. Oops, too small. Hold on. All right, this one's coming from our man, our good buddy Joseph Boza. <laughs> oh, spicy. Hashtag, oh, spicy. hashtag mass, max stands are the reason why this fight is happening. It's crazy that someone is 0-2 against their rivals getting a third crack. Is it crazy? It is not Max crazy Holloway. Max Holloway's a legend. Like he's the second best featherweight in the sport. He earned it back. Like it, it, this doesn't feel. This feels very deserved, if anything. And I will say, oh, two. Come on. I mean, like, his, I know, I yeah. know the second fight was very controversial, he's like, but he's it's like, not like, oh, two. I got Max Holloway got like demolished. 1. 5. It's like 1.5. Really. Yeah. I, I yeah. will say his, his popularity is one of the reasons why I think people haven't wanted to embrace Alexander and Alexander Volkanovsky as the best, even after that amazing fight with Ortega, 100%. even after completely washing Zombie. They just love, they love Max. They love Max. They weren't ready for the Max Holloway championship era to end. They weren't ready for it to end. Um, Th- think about and, like how Max had to defeat. Aldo, he demolished yes. Aldo twice, yes. and that kind of gave Max. Okay, Max is the new guy. Volkanovski, yeah, he is. He is two and zero, but not the same two and zero that Max was over Aldo. And I think that's what's missing from Volk, uh, not Volkanovski, right now, as far as mm-hmm. getting that shine. We we all know yeah. there's there. He's an incredible fighter. He's, yep. but this is such a big fight. I love it. And real quick, I want to go back to what Jose said about this being the best co-main event ever on paper. Absolutely, because this should it's a, it's a to good me point. this should be I the main event. About it. To me, this is the main event, and that's so. I, I heard you. I heard you arguing that on the weigh-in show, and I understand where you're coming from. But I think you're looking at the sport from someone who's maybe too far into the forest to see the trees. Because like Izzy is a Izzy is the star. Of oh, this because card. I'm not making like, money off this card. That's yeah, why. Like it, yeah. Izzy yeah. in the co-main event it. would would make no actual sense because he is one of the top five biggest stars in the sport. He also has the potential to be one of the biggest stars. Like you know, just generally, he's out here doing Elden Ring commercials. Like he is just a very mainstream figure. If you asked anybody. Like if you ask the grandma on the street if she knows anybody on this card, she's most likely to know Israel Adesanya. So it makes sense that he he's the main event. But I understand sort of where you're coming from. I and I, I, I get. I, I I'm not surprised as he's the main event. I I am surprised how little interest there is. It seems from the hardcore fans with Can- the Cannoneer fight. I guess when they walk out and start looking each other on me, and then I think we're all gonna be like, oh yeah, this is the main event. But at least build up wise, I felt I don't know. Th- I, I I felt if this was the main event, this would be more. We'd be talking about it more, like in kind of this legendary trilogy, rather than going, "Well, he's zero two. You know, why is this even happening? Why does I just don't like that argument. I understand what Mister Bose is saying, but not into it. <laughs> and and not to mention, he fought his way back to this fight. Yeah, it's not like exactly. it's an instant shot. Yeah. He beat who 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 else With should two get in, the shot? Two incredibly impressive performances. Yeah, like, it wasn't, top ten guy in Calvin Cater. Yeah. Well, top ten guy on Commentator, one of the most one-sided five-round beatdowns we've ever seen, and then another, and then a top five guy in Yair Rodriguez. Who, who else can you give? Oh, the that title was a good shot? fight too. That was a good fight too. And then Volkanovski beat Ortega, so he's out. I mean, it's definitely not because of ha- hashtag Max stands. Yeah, like like the Cater yeah. fight was maybe the beatdown of the year, and Rodriguez yeah. fight was one of the fights of the year. So like, and, and take in mind that, that second loss. I mean, I'm looking at MMA decisions right now. 
Uh, 65% of fans had Holloway winning. About uh, two-thirds of media had Holloway winning. And it only came down to one round. If it was, Remember, it was a split decision. Round if three. One judge had just yeah. one other round, that third round. Mm-hmm. Then it's a whole different story. And this trilogy, yeah, I don't know. If the second round was so close, super excited for the third fight. I have no idea what's going to happen. What's next? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see this. Uh, this one's coming from MMA Accentuate. If Ooh. Alex Pereira can't beat Izzy, Hamzad is the only legit threat to him. That's no. interesting. I think you're forgetting a man named Andre Muniz exists. Yes. Uh, I don't know about this. No, I don't no. know because Hamzad ha- is, still has work to do at 170, and we saw that he is not some unbeatable titan that he was sort of being placed as, right? Like, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Hey, don't don't sleep on Drickus either. I mean, Drickus is really good. Um there's a lot of good middleweights. Um, Imovov. Lo- yeah. Like, there's don't there are. Yeah, Imovov. Again, he, he just hasn't. Talent. He just hasn't been able to get like f- yeah, enough fights, right? That people can like repeatedly talk about him. He's you know he's had a lot of setbacks here and there. Uh, nah, middleweight is pretty good. Yeah, Muniz for sure. I mean, if he if he runs through Uriah Hall, if he can submit Uriah Hall again, I'll believe he can submit a lot That'll of people be- because, like I said, that just doesn't happen to Uriah Hall. Uh, if you can impose your will like that, then you're really talking about a guy who for sure can be a threat to a champion because i always say i I, when i when i i I just i love well-rounded fighters i love well-rounded champions but i also believe one a plus skill can take you a long way until you round out your game uh and if you have an a plus skill like muniz has that jujitsu guess what you can go pretty far um other than that guys in the current top 10 yeah again if you're just looking at the top 10 it's all a lot of guys izzy has already beaten um or just have sort of um fought their way have lost their way out of title contention but yeah you're gonna need to look a little bit lower and then of course god forbid uh jed mishu's number one middleweight uh i'm gonna pronounce it correctly not the way he would uh reiner de ritter the uh one uh middleweight champion if he ever came over to uh a two division champion i think if he ever came over to the ufc He's been interesting challenge. Another guy, very, very strong grappler. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, we're kind of looking at grapplers here. Uh, but who knows? It could, there could be some. It's certainly not only Hamzat. Let me put it that way. Hamzat's still know, got work to do, man. You know, it's funny. Don't assume uh, that he's going to beat Usman. It's, yeah. We're, 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 I feel like we're doing the same thing uh, with Izzy like we did uh, Anderson Silva. It's like, well, to beat Anderson Silva, you got to grapple him. You got to grapple him. And it turns oh, out Anderson Silva just got knocked out a lot on his feet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it just... I mean, eventually, and that's why I think Canadair is a very tough fight because we think that it's MMA striking, small gloves, things are just different in there. And Canadair, I think, is a is a super tough threat. I mean, I'm picking Izzy, but it's a very dangerous fight. It's a very dangerous fight, and um, yeah. All right, we'll hit a couple more, and then we're going to get out of here. This one's coming from Tristan Gordet, who says, Thoughts on Ian Gary here in this spot. Tough fight against Gabe Green. Gary likes to talk as well. Can you see him being a future contender or superstar? I don't know, man. This is an interesting question because Ian Gary has kind of been flying under the radar this week. He came into the UFC, obviously, with a lot of hype. It almost feels like people have turned on him a bit, like that people are like almost against him. At least maybe that's the sense I'm getting. I don't know. Like, Do you feel like there is an Ian Gary hype train going it almost feels like there's like a, a pushback against it yeah of course there's it's not not quite as bad i remember uh i can't remember it was, it was from the ma hour or some other interview i think it's from ma hour 
uh, I did a write up from there, and and a lot of the notifications. And it was something about you know Ian Garrett just being confident and talking about his plans and whatever, becoming a contender. Dada. And so many of the replies, of course, were just immediately pushing back, just like, oh, you haven't done anything yet. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. It was probably just also he like poorly phrased some sort of like his you know how high he was on his own prospects, uh, and people just took that and ran with it. Um, so uh, yeah, there's been pushback. But I love how the UFC has booked him. I think they are booking him the right way. Uh, Jordan Williams, I think, was a not an easy fight, but I think the right guy to bring him in. Darian Weeks is really tough. I know people look at Darian Weeks' record and go like, oh, well, I mean, he was expected to beat um, – uh, uh, Ian Gary expected to run over him. But like, no, that's a guy who on paper is like a really tough matchup for him. And it proved to be. It wasn't like a dominant win. Um, it wasn't controversial, but it was not a dominant win for Ian Gary. And now Gabe Green's another tough guy. Like they are not giving this guy cans to just walk through. Um, for for someone who I think they they would like to put some promotional push behind, very young guy, twenty four years old, seems pretty charismatic. He's from Ireland, so you know immediately you have people making oh Conor McGregor, can you make Conor, Conor McGregor comparisons when they're not really similar at all. Um, but I I love the matchmaking they've done for him. Uh, I think they're giving him tough people who are winnable fights. I think even if he loses on Saturday, I don't think that's the end of the hype train. If anything, maybe like you said, Shaheen, maybe it'll stop some of the um, some of the pushback and hate that he's been getting, and and he can kind of fade off into the background just a little bit. Because um, again, as much as, he, as good as he is with the media, as good as he is at talking, I think he'd be okay with not having the spotlight on him. Um, should should he take a loss, and he can sort of just focus on you know just improving on being a fighter. So I'm very high on his prospects. As he's someone I'm guaranteeing can be like top twenty in a strong division. I don't know. Uh, welterweight's pretty tough, um, but I but I do like what I've seen so far, and I and I do love the opponents that um they they put they put against him. Yeah, they're giving him a bit of the slow build treatment, which, which I actually love. It doesn't feel like we're we're speed running this, and I kind of dig that. I mean, he's a young kid; he's got time. I don't know why we would need to rush it. Casey, are you high on Ian Gary? Uh, has a as a superstar, or is actually someone that can fight for a title? As someone who could potentially be the UFC welterweight champion, no, I think he's a. Uh, I think he'll break top fifteen. Um, I think he's a. T- I think he's UFC caliber. Um, but I don't. I'm, I'm, has a. Has a prize fighter Ian Gary's doing a great job at his age. He gets. He gets it. You know. He's. He's made. He's. He's going out of his way to get in studio in MMA hour, getting one hour in studio. He's. You know. He's. He's saying all the right things. You know. But I feel like for a lot of people, he's saying the things we've already heard before. Oh, he's the future. Yeah, there's already another future on this card. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's you true. Know, there's two futures there's on, two this, futures card. on this card. You know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna be the best. I'm gonna win the belt. It's like, it's like how many? Like, I almost like kind of like like when we go through all these post fight interviews, especially if the new fighters come in, they're like, oh, I, the, the belt's gonna be mine. But we just hit that so many times. I feel it was just we've just heard it so many times. That's all. It was just there's nothing new there. And um, so I don't – good on him. And um, But I believe if he does win big, though, tomorrow night, his next fight, though, will be either a Someone main or know, co-main like on a, a fight night yeah, yeah. or some, some sort yeah. of – he'll be at a press conference for uh, a, uh, a, a pay-per-view. So yeah, I think this, feels I think like this the last pre- one. This feels like the precursor to an escalation if he's able yeah. to get past this one. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you. I'm like a little lukewarm on it, but – I'm I'm re- willing to be sold on Ian Gary. Like I don't know that I'm there yet, yeah. and willing to say he's a UFC champion in the making. But I agree. I, I, I'm 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 an impending with him. Let's yeah. say that. And, and and this and like well, how Ian Gary kind of builds himself up. I think this is why actually people, why people like Sean Strickland 
because Sean Strickland doesn't do that. Sean Strickland isn't grabbing the mic and yelling, I'm the best, I, I'm unstoppable, I am mixed martial arts, you know, like, you know, blah, 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 you know, he's not doing that. He's just kind of saying random things and going like, hey, jerk the little penis in the crowd, ha ha, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's, and that is different. That is different. I get that. I get that. And, and that's, you know, that's why people like Sean Strickland. It's, it's something different. And that's what, you know, we've watched this sport long enough. And beyond Sean's, you know, whatever stuff he says, you know, on social media, he is a charismatic guy somehow. And I get that, you know? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's get one more and then one we'll more. head out of here. Do, do, we do, went do, long do. today. Yeah. Um, hold on. If it's really, something about not really, just, not really a quick question, but I just want to give a, a just a shout out to this pay per view as a whole. Oh, oh, Zach Brown says, "What's it going to be like when Kevin Durant ends up on the oh. Phoenix Suns?" And I think that <laughs> I think that's a tremendous uh, question. A little off topic, no, no. a little off topic, uh, but uh, no, no, no. Okay, someone asked uh, it. Yeah, I mean. Zach Brown says this might be the only pay per view worth buying so far this year. I don't know about that. We've gotten some really good cards throughout the year, uh, but it's definitely the best one. For sure, like I was right. Say, like I don't think there's that's a question. It's a great pay per view. It could have been better if Misha Tate and Lauren Murphy. But I think from the very first fight to the very last fight, without a doubt, the best card of the year. And they picked a great time to do it in International Fight Week. So um, just props to UFC for somehow all those crappy kind of fight nights that we kind of tolerated. Maybe <laughs> it was for this, you know, so they could get you know all the names on this card i don't know but it's a it's yeah. a great card and this is a card i would tell my non-mma friends to show up you know at whatever time you whatever the very first fight you know and just sit down for the next seven hours and watch them all because i think this is going to be one of those nights yeah uh, i don't to have me, any non-mma friends so <laughs> <laughs> go for it and and when I say not MMA friends, I mean you guys, people I work with. That's really it. I I, I don't have friends. Uh, period. I just have. Uh, Are we a, friends a, a or more like just colleagues? Uh, really, yeah, coworkers, we're not colleagues, friends, like, yeah. professional yeah. professional acquaintances. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, so I can't relate. Uh, but yeah, this isn't as crazy a statement as I thought it was when it came up. Uh, this is Zach Brown's uh, comment. Only I'm just no. gonna look back at the other. It's not that no. crazy. Two seventy was fantastic. You had Engano, which On is paper? just Mark. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you oh, had yeah. Francis Ngannou, Cyril Gaon. That's tremendous. And then the, uh-huh. the flyweight, the flyweight trilogy or rematch or whatever the trilogy, obviously. And then two seventy four with Oliveira Gaethje and like Wait, you know. But I mean, what else was on two seventy though? Uh, hold, on, hold on, let me bring it up here. Let me bring it up. Two fights is two gigantic fights like that is a pay per view with buying. Sure, sure. I mean, but I think, this, I think I think this I think this comment means like like if you if you were paying for the whole card if if, if by some oh, def- yeah. by this definition you you were like literally paying for the whole card. I think he's right. It's it is it is a um, two seventy four as well. Two seventy four as well yeah. with two seventy Chandler. Ferguson Chandler. You had Shogun OSP there, Shogun. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Randy Brown Chaos Williams a fine fight, but I don't hate Y'all a bunch of. Haters. I'm not haters. I'm just saying the, the I'm I'm going the premise of this comment slash question. I actually kind of understand where they're coming from. <laughs> oh, one one thing we haven't talked about at all in the way ends or this. Donna Cerrone versus Jim Miller. Can we just? Oh my God! Just I don't know. Is this a fight that we care about? Or I mean, yeah. I think I think we're not talking about it because we don't want to ruin it for Donna. <laughs> okay, yeah. We don't want to put the true. stink on it. <laughs> it's just like this guy's been through it too much. Like this is his not third even... weigh in in whatever, yeah. however many the last few months. Yeah. His third weigh in and no fights yet. Technically, no fights yet until tomorrow night. <laughs> we're gonna act like that doesn't exist. 
Okay. So we're not going to put any sort of stink on it at all. I hope it happens. It's a fun matchup. Though I love the caveat of the winner is the most the winningest fighter in UFC history. Like that's very cool. That's it. That's all we're going to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for riding with us today and just riding with us all week. It has been yeah. a crazy busy week all week uh, from out there in Las Vegas. Thank you to Jose Youngs for joining us for a bit. Uh, also, Mike Heck, who's out there on Radio Row right now, just getting interview after interview. That, that, he is the man. Uh, that dude is Alexander K. Lee. That is the best producer in the business, the undefeated AKC Layden. I'm Sean Oshadi. Keep riding with us on MMA Fighting all throughout Friday, Saturday. We got your preview, post-fight show, everything you have come to expect from this wonderful website. We got you back. Hope you enjoy the fights. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you tomorrow night. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.